welcome back to another episode of your beloved black-owned broadcast, Harlem's very own, featuring, as always, your three ebullient, illustrious co-hosts. <laughs> Speaking first, it's Justin K. Winley, a.k.a. Pretty motherfucker. Harlem's yeah, what he's repping. So. I didn't think of anything for today. It's all right. uh, thanks, it's all right. Jude. For sure, for sure, for sure. Joined That's by my bitch. boys. Here we go. Yo, what up? It's the wave therapist, the philosophical gangster, nice. the illest nigga in East Harlem. You know who it is. It's Sinbad Stefanucci, a.k.a. Jude. You know what it is. Welcome. And our third mic. Oh, how you doing? Um, it's your boy, Amon K. Simmons. Um, Strapping your seatbelts. Happy Sunday. Um, it is the holistic, hard-headed Holyfield, and, a.k.a. the crispy chocolate crib cookie. We have a, an outstanding <laughs> and, and amazing, um, I would say well, one of the greatest people I've, I've known in my life ever since I was 10 years old. He's one of my bros, okay? He's in there. <laughs> one of my guys. In there, like, I, like somewhere. Do or, do or die. I'm doing this away from the mic, but do or die, okay? <laughs> and he's here on the podcast today, and I, I, I am forever grateful um, to have this brother in, in my life amongst my other brothers, and um, he's here to talk to y'all. Um, introduce yourself, goddammit. Well, I'm gonna just go by Kiran Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Kiran. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome, bro. Um, and of course, if those of you who are listening, you might be familiar with this by now. This is one of our features where we uh, we pull someone out of our network and we we do a deep dive with them about their passion, their field, their career. Kiran is a chess educator and instructor at Bold Charter School. Uh, and we wanted to have him on the show even before I knew that that was what you do, For just sure. because you know you and Ahmad are close, and um, I figured you'd have something uh, funny to say, <laughs> entertaining. But when we found out about this, I thought it was it was. Uh, I just think it's really cool. You know, um, we've interviewed Jude and I have interviewed educators on the show before, um, and we just like to uh, you know help amplify um, dope people. So. Um, yeah. You know, for context, you, you know, all, we've met you, obviously, uh, Ahmad knows you. Um, maybe it would be helpful for our listeners and also for me and Jude, for you two to talk a bit more about how you met, um, you know, coming up together. It was middle school, right? Oh, That's man, it was it was fifth grade at Harlem Children's Zone. Okay. Wow. Apparently, he said, like, I think we was friends at this time. He said that um, I wanted to fight him. Oh, like I sure did. In, I came in a, to um, it was what was it summer camp? It, it, it wasn't how we met, but it was something that happened story, afterwards. He, you know, he definitely said I came in saying I it, just want to fight somebody, and I just stared at him. Like, in <laughs> in it was in the beginning where how I met him. We were all standing in line. We were at um, we were at PS one ninety four, and um, shout out to the school. Well, but anyways, um, so <laughs> iffy. So we were all standing in line, and I was standing i think i was standing behind kiran and we had another person who um was like standing with us we were always we were always tight but then one day we were in the cafeteria and he was like yo i really want to fight somebody today and then he looked at me and then he mentioned something about my mom i love you mom and so i was like bro why you gotta do that <laughs> And to this day, he was still denied. And I said, no. <laughs> Why would I say something about his mom? I love his mom. Why would I do that? You never met him. You never met him yet that time. <laughs> you love his mom now. We love We love her. Yes, yes. She's amazing. She's amazing. But Indubitably. that's that's how we met. But then uh, when it came like the summer program at Harlem Chasers Zone, we would go to Rye Playland. They took us to Rye Playland. Fire. And, yeah. That New was, York State 
staple. That was a time. Yeah. That was a time that we would get on. It was the uh, I think it was the log plunge. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it was like in the back of the in the yeah. back of the park, and him and I we would be running to to like the to the to the front of the line to try to get to it, and it was it was like the first summer that we all spent like as a class, mm-hmm. but then you know later on um, we grew up and um, reconnected, and uh, yeah, it's been here ever since. Yeah, yeah, man. But he was always when I say he always had a chessboard in his bag. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> like you, 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 you couldn't stop this man from from like not not playing chess that mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. Somebody wanted somebody wanted to smoke. He would just pull it out of his bag. He's like, all right, bet, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's mostly it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, I'm 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 I kind of want to jump right into it. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I assume. Well, I, this is. I can't even really make this assumption. I know that when I was in elementary school, uh, we had a, a chess teacher who would come in like once or twice a week or something. And um, I can't even necessarily remember if that was how I got exposed to it. But it does feel like it's been an aspect of my community or my life, one way or another. It feels like there's always like old head black dudes yes. that yeah. are playing yes. chess, right, on yes. the street or whatever. Yeah. And those Park. are and those are some of the those are some of the masters, the guys mm-hmm. that you just pass by on the street. Um, I'm curious, you know, you obviously told us a bit about this before we started recording, but how did you get into chess? Um, you know, how early do you remember, uh, I guess, falling in love with it enough, um, obviously to now you're, you're, you're instructing it and then teaching other kids. Yeah. Um, my brother told me how to play chess when I was in first, first grade. Mm -hmm. Um, at that time it wasn't just the, it was just the game. Like I was just like learning how to play. Um, like, you know, trying to win the game. Like, me and him, we would just compete against, like, everything. But he's the older brother, so he would just beat me. Right. Um, But something with chess, I just knew I was going to get the, you know, that was going to be my thing I can beat him at. Mm-hmm. Um, so in second grade, um, I tried to be on the chess team, but I just wasn't good enough at that time. I played in a tournament at, um, at PS194, mm-hmm. and I didn't do that good. I thought I was good because I, I did the formal checkmate with somebody in class. Uh-huh. And when I played people on the team, it was like they would just – annihilated me just uh-huh. destroyed me but the following year when i was in third grade that's when i like i took that leap of like just beating everybody i became like the second best person on the team um winning at local tournaments and then that's when i got the you know the chance to play my brother again and then um just, just beat him and i think around that time once i saw like you know this was my thing and i'm winning a lot that's when it, like the the passion became like um in me to mm-hmm. just keep playing to keep you know just getting better like my coach would call at home and then She'll call my mom and then she's like, oh, what is he doing? And then she'd just say he's doing um, like doing puzzles, doing tactics like every single day. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't stop me from doing um, puzzles. And that's what I, what I try to like, you know, give to the kids. It is, you know, you got to really work hard if you really want to, you know, get to uh, this level mm-hmm. and just to be successful in chess. Mm-hmm. That's cool. How much older is your brother than you? Um, what, seven, eight years older than me? Yeah. Okay. So. Damn, that's not fair. That's similar. <laughs> my, my brother and I have a nine and a half uh age gap he's older than i am and and you know what you told us in the email about like even going back to playing video games with him and just getting smoked and everything it's it's definitely (laughs) like something i can relate to i think we all can of course yeah yeah like do do, do you think that's where your competitive energy came through definitely i I don't like losing like we even compete like we're small it could be the smallest thing in the world we could be (laughs) like oh we're about to run or we're about to do something like Mm -hmm. something silly yeah and it's just that that um 
like I like to compete. And then it came from him because he would just gloat about it a lot. He didn't do it on purpose, mm-hmm. but I think he did it to like this spark that um the fire in me. And then yeah. once I was able to beat him in that, I was like, all right, now how can I beat him in like Tekken? How can I beat him in like um streetball? Because mm-hmm. you play that for like nonstop. Mm-hmm. And um I just always wanted to win. Nice. Shout so out Big Brothers are four. Tekken Eight about to drop. Tekken Eight about to drop. On the Smoking all y'all niggas respectfully. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's yes. take a second and talk. Let's just go around the table. We'll come back to the chess. Yeah. But I'm very excited about this game. As, as soon as, as soon as I saw as soon as I saw him talk about Tekken and I was Yo, like word. the fact that Tekken Three came out in like what 2002 2001. No Tekken Three. I, I think it was, it was earlier than that. It's 1996 or something. Remember like Tekken that. Six yes, yes. came out in like 08. So Tekken Three came out in 1998 on console. 19, 19, on, so on the console. year I was born, the year we were most born. of us were born. And 04. I mean, sorry, Tekken Four was what? Tekken Four was. That was your game. Uh, that was when I was like Tekken 4 was 2002 2002 okay now I was first introduced to that to Tekken Tag Tournament I just remember I remember playing all of them like interchangeably yes. just um, in the womb playing yeah. Tekken like, <laughs> yep. may as well have been but yeah those games are, are crazy and this this new one I mean it's just speaks to kind of this is a bit of a tangent but video games in general I always think with each new generation each new iteration of a franchise okay there's no way that like games can look better than this, huh. and then yeah. this, and then Tekken Eight comes out. And I'm like, this, how? Game how do they? Do, <laughs> I don't know how yo, bro, they do this. I was watching. Uh, I was hanging out with my boy Putty. Uh, yo, shouts to the apartment. Love you. Um, and I don't know how we were just digging through YouTube and we saw like Cat Williams on Grand Theft Auto Four. <laughs> yeah. And we were looking at the graf- <laughs> the the graphics yes. for Grand Theft Auto Four, and we were like, Yo, bro, we swore yes. this shit that was, was it beautiful. Was yes. Yeah, we were yeah. like, yo, this shit can't get better than any, this. Anything, any this shit new, is gorgeous. Yes. Any, <laughs> nope. any new generation was just like, yo, how can this shit get better because it looks so real in front of us? These fucking but nerds, now, bro. <laughs> 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 have you seen like any other trailers of Tekken Eight? Nah. You have not. Okay, because what I'm telling you now, you have a PS5, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and like <laughs> go ahead and uh. We I'm, uh, I will show you one of the trailers of Tekken. I'll show you four, and then we'll jump up to eight, and you'll just you'll just see like the immediate difference of it. But it's just how far we've come mm-hmm. as far as with gaming, because I feel like a lot of people undermine it and they want to talk so much shit about games, but it's. It's, it's, it's something that has grown over time and it's, it's mm. going to keep growing and you can't really stop it. Don't yeah. be like, man, I hate it when somebody plays games and I feel like it's just so stupid. It's, baby. <laughs> I mean, times have changed. Like, times have changed. It's a fact. It's better, exactly. than, it's better than ripping and running the streets and cheating on your girl. You so feel me? Like, I am home. I am home in my chair. We are home okay? safe. Mm-hmm. Sitting. Okay. We're not I'm out playing. here drinking, you know, drink, drunk driving and shit. We I'm are, not with Lisa and Walter right now. I'm playing my games. We should be, though. <laughs> <laughs> We should be. I'm gonna move us on. I'm gonna move sorry, us on. Sorry, 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 sorry. But it's sorry, interesting sorry. that you um, that yeah. you say that, Ahmad. That actually it, it makes me think of a question. Um, I had one. Oh, okay. So I had ahead. one. Yeah, no, go ahead. Maybe it's the same question. <laughs> is chess a sport? This is a it's really good question. question. No, I, it's a good question. Um, because my high school teacher he used to make fun of me because of this. Like he would say, like, "Oh, chess is not a sport." Um. It's not on PSAL, but I believe Fuck chess that is. teacher. Thank you. <laughs> but I believe um, chess is a sport. It's just more of a mental sport. Like mm. The same stuff you do for like basketball where you're training consistently, like um, the same th- things you do for chess. Like We do puzzles all the time. There's a layup line for basketball. There's shoot like um, shooting drills. So it is a sport. It's just more so just for the mental. And it's, um, I think 
it's more relatable, like more, it's more um, relatable to life than anything. So yeah, no doubt. I saw something how like like a chess master during like one of those big intense uh, tournaments and games, they burn like the same amount of calories as like yeah. I don't know if it's a marathon runner, but something crazy. Yeah, mm. really. Yeah, and just sitting there, you're thinking, pounds. like literally, just uh-huh. from playing like a long, long tournament, because like huh. you're just using so, so much energy. Hmm. There's um, what Ahmad said, you know, our our, our brief tangent about um, ingenuity and and uh, the growth of, of video games, you know, and how there's always something new, made me wonder. You know, chess is chess is an ancient ancient game. Obviously, right. it, it it predates America. It predates a lot of you know um, a modern society. But people still play it more or less the way it's always been played. How do you, as someone who has competed in it and now teach it, how do you keep the experience of chess um, exciting for yourself? I, I ask this also because I happened across a, a video of Bobby Fish. He created like a different kind of chess, like Fisher Random is what it's called. Yeah. It randomizes the game of chess to introduce new variables, I think, to keep it fresh for people who've been doing it forever. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he said, because at a certain point, like, especially at his level, chess is, you know, memorization, it's, it's, it's pattern recognition, it doesn't feel, I guess, to him alive. And so I'm curious if you uh, have experienced any of that, you know, kind of like, like yeah, a plateau, do, a plateau. And how do you keep it exciting for yourself? How do you grow in the sport? Um, I imagine some of that is just by teaching people yeah. who don't know it, right? That helps you remember the excitement of, of learning it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I feel like for me, I'm not as strong as Bobby Fischer. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, for me, I'm always, like, learning new things um, about chess, like, mm-hmm. whether it's, like, you know, pattern recognition, whether it's, like, a new opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, for me, it, what makes it exciting is seeing the excitement on um, my students' face when yeah. they win the game, where they, like, you know, reach to a certain level, like, whoa, I didn't know I can get here coaching. I, I think that's what keeps me, you know, mm. going. Because um, for myself, I feel like I've gotten as far as I can. I am going to still always push to go farther as, like, my own, like, you know, levels of chess. Yeah. But my main focus right now is just, like, you know, pushing them to get um, far, farther than what I, I've achieved. And mm-hmm. um, just making them, you know, stronger each and every day. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're st- you, and do you feel like you're still a student to, to the always, game itself? Always student to the game. Like, I was just at a tournament yesterday. Like, I'm, I don't mind going to a different coach and, like, asking, like, what do you do with your students or um, mm-hmm. what do you – how can I get better? Like, I'm always willing to, like, you know, pick anybody's brain on how to, you know, just to grow and just to, you know, pass it down to my, my students. That's really, that's really cool. Uh, Jude and I have been uh, dipping our toes into competition in jujitsu. Yeah. Um, and uh, a few months back, I was sharing with him and some of our teammates some of my thoughts about how jiu-jitsu and chess i think are comparable um in that while obviously jiu-jitsu is physical there's it's wrestling there's that like direct competitive aspect strategy there's also yeah there's the strategy of it and the ways in which when you when you approach the chessboard you know you mentioned openings right there's there's the the queen's gambit and all that kind of stuff right and you can come to the board with a certain plan, but you also have to be aware that you're facing an opponent who has their own plan, another human being, you know, and whatever they do messes up what your plan is. So you need to adjust. And that's the part of the board you get into like the high mathematics of and statistics of chess, which is like, I read something that said there's more, there's more possible games of chess than there are known stars in the universe, which is like, it's crazy, but when you think about all the possible permutations of yeah. which pieces can move where and be taken off at what time and everything. So 
having that kind of uh, of of a challenge ahead of you, it, it reminded me of of combat, specifically of jujitsu. But I think it could, you know, you could extend it to a lot of other martial arts. But just because there is always this idea in jujitsu of what what's your game plan, what's your what is your game, what do you play? Do you like to you know, I'm, I'm going to say terms that our listeners may not be familiar with, but, you know, do you like to play open guard? Do you like to, you know, attack the back? And if that is your game, how do I make my game efficient? And how do I find ways to get to what I want my outcome to be, regardless of what you're going to do to mess yeah. it up? So, and, and, you know, I don't ultimately think that there it's quite as complicated, but I thought there was a lot of uh, similarity in the mental agility that one needs to have to be proficient in either one there was probably a question attached to that when i started talking i don't remember what it was i just wanted to offer that into yeah i think is when it comes to my students is knowing their playing style knowing what they want to do in the game like some of my players are tactical so if they're tactical Mm -hmm. i'm going to give them an opening that you know that's has an open position so they can find the tactics if Mm -hmm. they're more i don't really want to attack i'm hesitant i'm I'm like you know don't want to take the risk close position you Mm -hmm. know you may just play like for um, if they're tactical. I may say like a Scotch Gambit or an Evans Gambit. Um, if they're more so positional, I would say like a London system. Mm-hmm. Whereas more so, it's not an attack right away, but you're building up um, mm-hmm. to something. If you just want to be defensive, there's a French defense. There's um, there's many different openers that they could play. But I try to just learn like who they are as a person, how yeah. they want to play, watch their games. Um, and it is tough because I have like 40 kids. Like of course, that, damn. That compete on a consistent That's basis. That's a big team. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 pretty hard to like know, but I try to just try my best to like you know just to see. Or I'll talk to some of my students like, hey, like. What does he like to play often? And then he'll tell me. So that's mm. kind of like you know, dude, just trying to figure them out. How much? Uh, I'm sorry if I'm dominating, guys. I'm nah, you're straight, bro. You're straight. How but. much uh, extracurricular um, learning and practice do you encourage for them and for yourself? Like in terms of whether it's you know, studying obviously the great chess masters of yesteryear or the contemporaries or just reading about the game. You know, you give them like homework, like go home and read about this or, or yeah, practice so this. I give them like, if you're in a chess team or a competitive chess club, 50 puzzles a week, tough puzzles. If you're done with those puzzles, we have Chess Kid. I tell them to do puzzles on Chess Kid. Um, and the puzzles are, you you, you come up with them? Um, the 50 puzzles, yes. Yeah. So I go through a book. Um, I use the same book that I used back when I was a kid. The only thing that I do now is like I really been focusing on pattern recognition mm-hmm. and I've been trying to make them look for forcing moves, which is captures, checks, um, and threats. Mm. So I'll put in the book where I'll say capture plus night fork or threat plus pin. So now they're like, there's, there, it's going to get to a point where they just look for the forcing move and they're like, oh, wow, it's, there's a pin with this forcing move. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that. They do chess kid. I tell them, you know, play a lot. Um, I do sessions in the morning where they're coming like 7, 15, right before school. You know, we're doing puzzles. We're going deep diving into like, you know, master level games. And mm-hmm. just trying to give them enough information just to, you know, to be successful. I do tell them like, it's only so much I can do. If you're really passionate about this, then you have to do this on your own. Whether you, you know, you spend an hour a day um, and just doing puzzles and playing games, whether it's two hours, it's your preference. But you have to make sure that you're, you know, training really hard. Yeah. Yeah, especially because you're training them to compete, yeah, which is mm-hmm. different from just teaching them the game. Yeah, right. Like rather than just like a chess club. Yeah, just like you go yeah, in so there the, yeah. after school. The chess club, I tell them, hey, like if you want to go to tournaments, if you want to like do chess, games, you know where to find me. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. So some may, some 
on the chess club even work a little harder than people that's on the chess team, which lets me know, oh, he deserves to get this spot than somebody else. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. well, all three of us, you know, we're we're all coaches, instructors, and in in in, in martial arts, and competitors, um, and yeah. So um, I have a question for yeah. you. Oh, please. Oh, well. um, so if y'all have a match coming up, how do you stay, you know, like in the moment? Like, what do you do to like, you know, just stay focused on the match and not get, you know, worried about the result of things? It's a great question. Sheesh. I've only competed once. Jude, you've competed one more time than I have. Yeah. <laughs> but we also did that. Uh, don't forget about the uh, like striking tournament we did. Oh, that's like, true. A few yeah, years ago. A couple of those. But uh, I think how I stayed, I'm, I'm still learning that. Like, I've recently kind of realized, like, I do not like the feeling before a fight. Mm. There's a lot of anxiety. I'm freaking out. Like, my last one, I had to face this white nigga who's around my size, but he's, like, bigger than me. Yeah. I'm 6'4", 225, but these dudes are bigger than me. Yeah. And no one in our gym is my size. And so I'm stepping into the unknown because I'm usually the big guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know... I lost to this dude, but he didn't beat me, respectfully. I lost to him by technicality, but he didn't beat me. He left with a black eye, respectfully. <laughs> but but uh, like I felt the adrenaline just like shoot through my, through, through my whole body. My forearms got real heavy. So I think I'm still learning how to deal with um, pre-competition jitters and mm nervousness and anxiety before I fight you know I don't necessarily like it <laughs> but I think it's uh it's almost necessary for me to to do something this difficult you know um yeah. like it, it makes other things in my life seem a lot more easy you know I'm, I'm trying to go to grad school and that's gonna be hard mm-hmm. that's gonna be mad hard the, you know the consistent grind of the everyday but have having like a dose of high intensity anxiety I think will prepare me for what comes in my life yeah you know and I think it's important for me to compete to one keep myself accountable for my skills it's fun to work towards something which is way better than the actual competition day it's you know the journey is better than the destination (laughs) Uh, but because it's it's yeah. it's over so fast too, right? I Yo, mean, like, it's five minutes, yeah. when, but like when, it feels yeah. like an eternity, but it feels like five seconds. When it's I, really weird. Yeah, when I when I competed the first time, and you know, first of all, I've been training at this gym. This is the beginning of my ninth year, and you know, when I came to it, I wasn't thinking about jujitsu at all. I knew that it was something that they taught, but I, you know. Again, when you when you talk about player styles, right? There, there's the idea of like fighting styles, which is not the same thing as what your martial art is. It's the archetype you, you were talking about. The archetypes and how you interpret the martial art or, or the combat through your own body and personality, right? So yeah. my personal fighting style wasn't one, and still really isn't one that uh, that incorporates grappling a lot in the sense of like if I had to get into a fight with someone in the street I, my first thought wouldn't be to shoot and take them down or whatever saying all that to say the last thing that was on my mind certainly was competing in jujitsu so when i went we competed in fordham and we were all doing gi um and that's one of the other differences in, in competition and in the practices if you practice with the gi the uniform or no gi with the rash guards anyway you know you go into it and yes there are those jitters but then when i was on the mat with the people i was supposed to go up against i was surprised at how at how everything faded away 
for better and for worse. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it, it was on the one hand, I was able to focus just on, on my opponent. On the other hand, I almost had like a tunnel vision where it was difficult for me to maybe hear the advice of my teammates or what have you, because you're also the one in the experience, right? And you haven't competed, of course, and having had your own coaches, I'm sure can attest to this, where they can give you as much advice as, as possible and they can even be in your corner during the game, but like you're in the game. Yeah. And when there's someone who is your weight or maybe a little heavier laying on top of you, there's only so much you're trying to hear from other people <laughs> at that moment. Your 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 body, your everything is screaming, you know, it's almost like a survival, like fight or flight situation, and yeah. only you can conquer that for yourself. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I agree with Jude in that that's the kind of experience that um, when it's over, you know, win, lose, or draw, you feel proud for having done it i certainly did i mean it was it was humbling but not in the way where it would where it discouraged me from getting back into the gym and and, and trying to get better now we was in that bitch monday (laughs) (laughs) yeah twisted arms and sore necks and all you know um so so yeah that's what i would say um and it's also because the the only way to get better at a thing is by doing it ultimately yep true um and uh that's what I, i wanted to redirect to you in terms of chess um you know, when you play a game against someone who, first of all, actually, here's here's a more interesting question. How soon are you able to tell the skill gap between you and an, and an opponent in chess? Oh, very easy. Like, yeah. within the first five moves. Like, uh-huh. if they're not doing certain things in the, the first five moves, I could tell, right, this person is okay, like, they're, they're decent, or mm-hmm. they just started playing chess. Oh, this person is actually, like, you know, really strong. So, mm-hmm. first five moves for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's probably pretty it's probably pretty similar in in jujitsu. Yeah, I think um, you know in, in striking there's certain things you can get away with. You know, there's a, the, like the bomb rush. Yeah, there's a point to which you have like anyone's got a puncher's chance, right? Like yeah. if you if you sucker punch Floyd Mayweather, he's gonna fall out. You know, yeah. right? like uh, if he, if he doesn't see you coming, right? But with jujitsu, it is that direct sort of thing, and you'll you're able to tell oh this person doesn't know how to hold their body or they don't know how mm. to defend against a choke or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I've been, I've been amazed at how quickly certain games have ended. You know, I've, I've thought of myself as like an okay chess player for most of my life. And then I go up against like, I remember I was working at, um, Goddard Riverside and one of my, uh, one of my coworkers who was another uh, counselor, his name is Jordan. Shout out Jordan. Um, great chess player. And this is just, there's so many, uh, this is part of like growing up, uh, in, in, I think in New York and like in the hood, there'll be niggas you know who just have random talents my brother's like, one of those niggas when did yeah. you find time to develop this yeah. <laughs> and this you'd be what, amazed yeah, this, you'd, is you'd be amazed. this is one of those things where he was just really good at chess yeah i've been amazed sometimes at how quickly a match will be over i'm like let this scratch my head. Head. like i thought i knew, i thought if i moved this one here <laughs> they'd be like nah bro exactly I, I, knew I, I knew he was gonna do that i knew he was gonna do that that's why exactly. i got you with this yeah yeah uh it's it's incredible it is my brother was a big chess dude. Like he walks around with a chess board, and yeah. he's a wild boy. Yo, shout out Raheem. You ever play those guys in uh, Union Square? Oh yeah, but you got to be careful with them. A lot of them are like grandmasters. Right. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. It's, it's the chess players that don't talk smack. Yeah. Those are the ones that's like, all right, like you got to really be careful. The mm-hmm. ones that talk smack in Harlem, like probably you didn't beat all of them. <laughs> they're fine. Like they're they're easy to beat. Uh, so yeah. How do you uh, how do you feel about? Um, speed chess versus just the like do you have a preference between like the timed game versus the kind of indefinite so when i was younger 
I didn't like speed chess. Like I hated it. I didn't have enough time to think. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was too much pressure. Um, now, like I love speed chess. That's the only thing I play. I feel mm-hmm. like um, you just have to play it consistently to start mm-hmm. getting better at it. And now, like this past summer, I went to um, Bryant Park. Like I got a name for myself. Like. They call me the Black Panther. So. Okay. <laughs> so I, just, I go over there all the time. It's like this playing, playing, playing. I just started getting better and it's like being able to beat them. I played like a master, beat him. Like I was, I started really yeah. improving in speech chess. This is based off like, um, just playing a lot. Yeah. The thing about I love about speech chess is that you can make a mistake and they don't notice. Mm. Like, because it's so fast. so fast. So it's like, you, you kind of got to be on your toes about your opportunities, knowing like, all yeah. right, oh, he just made that move. Like, this seems kind of bad. Do I have enough time to think about it? Or even if you're like you're down, let's say um, you're down on time. You may just make a move just to make, it may seem like mm-hmm. it's a really strong move, but in reality, it's, just, it's like a, a pump fake. It's, mm-hmm. it's a terrible move, but the person doesn't really know it. They're thinking that it's something better than it's, um, it actually is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like teaching somebody else how to play chess for the first time um nerve-wracking because honestly like one um i love kids now hated kids when i was <laughs> <laughs> uh, mom knows especially how we used to act as kids so i'm like i was trying to avoid wow dealing with kids this one um <laughs> just him not you the, the, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um but it was nerve-wracking because i never was a person that like wanted a lot of attention and then like um, being a teacher is all the kids are just looking at you and it's like there's this expecting you to like you know lead them to to victory in a sense yeah um so in the beginning it was nerve-wracking um because uh, i didn't it's different playing the game to like break it down to kids to make them understand the game is this is you really got to be careful how, what you're saying the words you're saying so they can really understand it um but over time i just learned from my great coaches learned from mistakes of what i told kids and um it became like easy to me. Like I don't have to look at a lesson plan now to know mm-hmm. how to teach a kid or what they need to do to work on um, their game because I just been doing it so much that mm-hmm. it's, it's like just looking at the back of man. I already know what's what's there. I can definitely relate to that. You know, it's just when you have a group of kids in front of you and they expect you to teach them what you know, and you're like, how do I start this? Like. I'm, in, in the back of your head, you're like, are they really gonna like me? Like, mm. and what and what I and what I'm saying, gonna um, actually stay in their heads, mm-hmm. and are they gonna learn from it? Um, am I set out to be a, a good teacher, even though I've learned these skills over the course of more than ten years? Mm-hmm. Um, am, am, am I able to make sense yeah. um, at, at at the end of the day? And are they are they gonna come back? Um, and I remember when. Well, you you were talking about how you're always there for your kids when you go to store, when you go to these tournaments, yeah. and you're you're front and center, um, and you know you see like the intensity on their face, you see the focus, and you're like, I did that, you know. But at the at the same time, they wanted to stay, they they wanted to learn, they wanted to be better, and um, it makes you it makes you feel good, and it makes you feel like you know I was set out to be a teacher, I was set out to be a role a role model for for certain kids, given you know the the life I've lived um, in Harlem, you know, for most of us it wasn't easy, you know, but seeing us now and and being an adult in in our twenties, and you want to see these kids that were just our age. Um, learning the same thing that we that we were doing, you're just like, wow, it's coming in full circle. Mm. Um, I remember 
starting out in martial arts and it, at the point it was to defend myself and for the longest time I was trying to figure out like you know what what was my overall purpose to to be there was there for a good amount of years and became black belt and then they wanted me to start instructing and that was when the competition started to come in and that was when I started to help out the kids that wanted to go to tournaments and I remember this was like a good four years ago four or five years ago where I had my kids wanted to go they, they wanted to go to this tournament and I actually remember where I was and I had woke up late and they were already at the tournament and I was getting calls <laughs> um I was in Brooklyn um and I was <laughs> I was getting calls and they were like my where are you we're, we're at the tournament already and I could have I could have just been like, okay, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm still going to make it, but it was in the Bronx. Mm. And I told him, I was like, and I, I, that was one of like, uh, one of the big regrets that I, that I know is just like, I told them, well, I know, I know they're going to do good. Mm. Don't worry. They, they're still, still going to win this. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it, mm. but still to this day, I'm like, I wish I would have been there for them. Mm. Given the fact that I've, um, polish their techniques and they were looking really good and I feel like if they would have seen my face um, they would have had a better performance because um, they where the person called me and then all the kids in the back were like Sasamai where mm-hmm. are you where are you and I was like I wish I can't make it I can't make it but I want y'all to do good mm-hmm. and just seeing the um Seeing, seeing the smiles in their faces and seeing that you are there for them, you know, it it, it, it makes it makes the the job worth worthwhile. Yeah. You know, I know when you when you teach kids um, and you see that they're actually learning and they're actually getting yeah. what you're giving to them. I love the got it. Moment. It's, it, yeah, it's yeah. oh, man, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And then mm. when you have when, when you see that when you teach your kids chess and you they have these new moves that you've given them or they'd be like you you give them a little eyebrow raise because you're like how'd you know that you're really you're really getting this yeah. and um it, it's it's such a it's such a beautiful feeling thank you for sharing that that's, that's a really yeah, that's beautiful, beautiful story and i and i um it, it it gives me more ideas for questions for kiron one of them um is specifically about the students so you know like we said up top you work uh, at a charter school, at a bold charter school. And um, you have this team of 40 kids. How do you, as an instructor and as an experienced chess player yourself, uh, look at the distinction between, like, natural talent versus, you know, uh, uh, developed skill? Um, do you think, do you find that, like, a certain amount of your students are really naturally gifted at the attributes that are needed to be good at chess um or do you find that all of them kind of need the same amount of of development or how do you you know what do you notice when you when you approach them uh especially at the beginning of a school year um right now a lot of them are just more on the hard working side Mm -hmm. i have probably like three kids where it's like they're naturally like i don't even want to say it's me teaching them it's just more so i can tell them hey do this they Mm -hmm. do it they're great like it's it's crazy. Um, but you could just tell that by like a couple of um just by based off like the the things you show them in like in like classes. So just to break it down for like both, like we have like regular classes, we have um 
you have regular class and we have club and we have team. So okay. I, when I teach them in class, I could just tell based off how fast they do the worksheet and if everything's mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Um, based off, like, let's say somebody's not on the um, the chess team and I, I may see some potential. So I'll put them up against somebody that's on the chess team mm-hmm. and they just wipe them out. And it's like, whoa, I didn't teach you anything. Mm-hmm. I taught you the basics and you're literally following everything I said and you know, beating somebody that actually been training for this for a long time. That's when I see like, all right, there's there's something there. And then you go to a tournament and you're still doing good. Yeah. Like I have, for example, um, shout out to David. Taught him chess literally last year. He's the highest rated person on my team right now. Just wow. Shout out um, Dave. Wow, wow. Big Dave. His rating is nine seventeen <laughs> after what like I'll probably say like twelve tournaments and how old yeah, is he? What is he like? Um, Starting to up. He's ten. Damn. Um, wow. He also what is he, he has a seventy percent seventy percent um, winning percentage so far. Like mm. he's he's not, and kid's it's a not, monster. It's not even just him. I have another kid named um, Liam. I taught him in kindergarten. Mm. Um, in in first grade, he told me like, "Oh, Mr. Jarvis, I remember how to move all the pieces." And, you know, kids run up to you all the time saying they know stuff, and then yeah, yeah. you find yeah. out like, "Oh, he was this." He didn't really know it. <laughs> yeah. um, so with Liam, um, he's also one of the, like, he just came over to the upper campus, and his rating is, um, if I'm not mistaken, 632. And he's only played in, like, four tournaments this school year. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the school year, he was losing, and he started crying. He's like, Mr. Jarrell, I don't think chess is for me. I'm like, you're in the second grade. Like, you, you're facing fifth grade. Now, these numbers, <laughs> these ratings, how, what what's that scale, like, the... So it's from zero all the way, well, no, from 100 all the way until the highest rated chess player is probably like 2,800. Okay. Um, so for a kid to be close to rated 1,000 is significant. It's, it's like, is it like an IQ sort of thing where it's like the um, higher the number? The, it, it just shows what class they're in. Like if, okay. if they're 10 years old or if they're like seven or eight and they're like where my rating is at, then you have like a prodigy on your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think some of the kids that I have, um, that are like that are like talented that have that this gift mm-hmm. can get to that level. Um, they just need some more experience. Like this is a, a program that started two years ago. Yeah, we're, we're still fairly new. We never went to um, nationals or states or the big tournaments yet. Yeah, so, still um, to come. Yeah. still to come. So I want to tap in on something that you mentioned. Uh, uh, following the 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 trail of this whole raw talent versus uh, developed skill argument. Um, Again, something that we deal with in, in martial arts. Um, uh, there are people who come into the gym and, you know, they kind of like immediately latch Xavier. onto a certain <laughs> immediately latch onto a certain concept and, you know, they can fall away for a while and then come back and they'll still have it. That can sometimes be frustrating, um, I imagine, for for especially at the younger age, to have one of those three, you know, naturally gifted students you you alluded to come in and kind of wipe everybody, you know, away. How do you, as a teacher, deal with frustration um, in your students when they feel like they're not getting something or they're not seeing the results they want? You know, what are you, what are you, what are some of your um, stratagem in, in dealing with that? Um, they, I just, it. You have to know your your students. I feel mm-hmm. like once you know them, you know you can say certain things. Like for one of my students, Caden, I'm really cool with his dad. Caden is somebody that I can say, "Yo, what are you doing?" Like. Mm-hmm. Get your shit together. You'd like, be kind of real with him. Yeah, yeah, I could be more real with him. Be like, you know, Mr. Jarvis, you're right, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he performs better. I have a student named Emily, and she's more so like, like not soft-spoken, but like very fragile. Mm-hmm. So you have to just be very careful how you say something to her. Like I told her like yesterday, she's like, 
Mr. Jarvis, like my heart was just beating at the board. Like I, I was just so nervous. I didn't like, you know, I didn't know what to do. And I'm just like, what are you so nervous about? Like if you win, congratulations. If you lose, okay. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still going to be your coach. I'm still going to be here and support right, you. Like, right. I can care less if you win or you lose. I'm still going to support you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, don't let it weigh on you too much. Like mm-hmm. you, like you're still going to survive. Like at the end of the day, like is this a game? Have fun. Yeah. And so been there. Yeah. And then she literally like won the last two matches. She got a medal. Hey, um, like, M's. so she was excited. So it's just knowing, you know, who you're like, who the student is and how to like, you know, push them in certain ways. I have a student where it's like, you know what? I have to like say, oh, no, this student is better than you. Like Melissa, like she's another strong player. Like I'll say, mm. oh, James is better than you. You can't beat him. And then that'll fire her fire up. Her. You know, <laughs> no, I can beat James. I can beat James. Mm-hmm. So it's just, just knowing, knowing the student and knowing how to like, you know, build that, you know, um, create that fire for them. Yeah. Now, now, Key, is there a certain... And I'm, I'm sure you probably live by this and you give it to your students as well. But I wanted to ask this. Is there a certain mantra that you live by um, as you're as you're as you're teaching these kids, but also like you growing up and being in their footsteps? Like, is there a certain is there something that, that, you, that you always live by and give it to them? Um, usually I say um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm. But what happens when you're talented and you work hard? Mm. Like. And I tell Best of both of worlds. Yeah, like I tell them all the <laughs> yeah. time that like um, a lot of you guys are talented, um, but you still need like the work ethic. And you're gonna be facing people that just are as in ta- like just as talented as you. Um, so what's gonna separate you from them is the, the hard work. Mm-hmm. So if yes, you could be very fortunate, like a David or a Liam or probably a Sebastian, Melissa, but you know. There's other kids just like you. What are you going to do to separate from them? Tortoise in the hair kind of thing, too, right? Yeah. Have you seen carryover uh, from their skills in chess into, you know, their schoolwork? Um, I would say who comes to mind when it comes to that. I'll probably say Jorge. I'll probably say Sebastian. A lot of them, like, um, oh, even Melissa. I would say, like, she um, doesn't like to read a lot. Um but when it comes to chess, she'll read something with, like, you mm-hmm. know, chess-related. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, she still is, like, you know, still working with, like, you know, um, you know her reading skills. But I think it has, it has in, like, improved. Um, Michael, he's another one, like, very, like, his math was good. But now I feel like it's better because of um, chess because he has to, like, you know, this calculator head. The reasoning, everything. yeah. Yeah, so I think definitely with a lot of the students, their math skills definitely um, increased. And with uh, chess being an individual sport, you know, especially with other sports like tennis or jiu-jitsu and martial arts, it's uh, it's interesting because it's individual. When you're competing, it's just you and the other person out there, maybe your coach uh, giving you lessons in between rounds or as the match is going on, wh- wh- whichever it is. But uh, how do you build, like, a team camaraderie for your students because – they can't get better solo. You know, they, they can keep playing against a computer and do whatever, but there is also, you know, the difference between having the other person in front of you mm-hmm. and, you know, simulating what you'll have in one of those tournaments, but having them see that you, they're there to get better themselves, but to make each other better. How do you build that camaraderie with your uh, students? So I have like a, um, a leaderboard um, at practice, and I tell them all the time: here, we're we're enemies. Nobody's your teammate. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's your friend. So that's all right. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. It's iron sharpening iron. So yeah. you gotta, you know, you're going after each other. And 
I tell them like whoever stays in first place for two weeks straight get a surprise. Mm. Um, mm. And a lot of them I'll see like um, Hanifa like she uh, challenge like hey no I'm, I'm gonna face Sebastian and I'm gonna beat you, and she'll be so serious about it. And you know I feel like when we have that you know that you know everybody wants to go up against each other um, mentality keeps them hungry. Yeah, it keeps them very hungry. Um, everybody's on their like toes about like you know who they're facing. And sometimes if I don't even like who they're challenging, I'm like, no, you're not face, facing that person. Mm. Challenge somebody harder. So we just have that. And then we go to the tournament. It's like, all right, now we're together. And I tell parents, like, you know, yes, your kid is, you know, trying to get his own individual prize, but we can't leave early because your kid got one point and is not getting a medal. That's right, not what we're doing. Right, we're right. going to stay all together. Until the last clap. person plays. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to clap for everybody that got their awards. Mm-hmm. Fire. Yeah. Like, we're here as a team. So, because yeah. I, I know before, like, I would say, hey, like, we're not getting anything, you know, to leave early. But I really want to build that togetherness, especially since we're going to states in March and going to nationals in April. So, we need to nice. really be, like, a unit. I would compare that to, to tournaments and martial arts. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When, when, well, when it, yeah. Yeah, it's just like if you, if, if that kid loses and everything, like, that, that, that parent would be upset. But then, mm-hmm. you know, us as instructors, you know, their teachers are like, why are you crying? Mm-hmm. You know, I I feel like it should be a, a learning yeah. um, opportunity for yeah. you to realize like what 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 is something that that you did wrong, but also you know don't be upset too much to the to to, to the point where you don't you don't really realize like okay, I can really learn from this, and we can build that as we go back onto the drawing board. Yeah. And um and w- with the kids that that lose, of course, the parents just want to take them home. It's like no, don't do that support your other peers yeah and also you're not like that's like psychologically for them that's not building any toughness to to immediately go away when something hurts or is disappointing but um i i love what you said about the approach that you have when you guys are in the when you guys are in the classroom because um it it echoes a bit of our experience in our dojo uh we have you a know, competitive nature. We like, do have a competitive nature. On Saturdays, we've opened. We have this open mat, which is when um, mostly the competition team, but anyone who's like good enough house. at ju- yeah. at jujitsu can come, and we all roll with each other. And I've gotten to the point now where, like, especially if I know that you know you're on the competition team as well, I'm not giving you anything, right? Like, if we're rolling, it's pretty much for real. Yeah. And if you're gonna choke me out, you have to actually get it, right? So I'm yeah. gonna like. I'm going to resist it to the last possible second. I'm going to mo- maneuver any way I can. Otherwise, I'm doing you a disservice. If I just like yeah. make it super easy, then you right. think, oh, I got it like that. And then you go into the into actual competition against people who aren't your friends, who don't Yo, know that's you, a fact. who don't care about yeah. you from that's Adam. That's a fucking fact. You know, then you get tapped and you're like, well, I thought I was, you no, know. That was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I am I have to do the best I can, especially because we're a small gym. Oh, uh, Yeah. And to to provide you the most challenge that I that it's, I have, it's I, I feel so weird mm-hmm. training sometimes because I'm the biggest dude there, mm-hmm. and like I don't want to make things easy or hard for anybody. Right, it's a weird space it's, for you. It's a very interesting space. You know, once I figure it out, I'm going to write a book about it. I won't make mad <laughs> dough because like there are more average sized people in the world than six four niggas. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's really interesting because you know you gotta. I sometimes almost handicap myself to make myself better, but I'm not necessarily making you better. But you're also working on that skill right. to be. It's very. It's a very it's weird tough. space that I fall. And, and like, our, our our Sifu, our coach, always tells us, don't go super hard and force your way through things because mm-hmm. the person, especially if you're with someone who's less experienced. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You're only satisfying your ego, and you're right. potentially discouraging that person because they're not really learning anything the whole time if you're just 
overpowering them, right? There's only yeah. so much that they're going to learn once the the fear threshold and anxiety threshold is kind of breached. So, yeah, especially when you talk about this dichotomy between the chess team and the chess club, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that, uh, by their dynamic, because I imagine, well, you know, like you talked about, there are some kids in the club who may have the potential to join the team, and then when that happens, they're not used to playing games against competitors. So, you know, do you do any sort of, um, do you offer any sort of uh, disclaimers? Like, okay, like Sebastian, for example, you're on the chess team. You know that you can do this at a certain level. This kid is coming from the club. Maybe give them some time. Take it a little easier. No? Nope. Full, no mercy. Like, you got to learn. Yeah, but you're not yeah. going to get injured the uh, same true. way. Like, yeah, you know, there's so, that injury factors. That's true. So he can straight up be like, "Yo, it's shark tank in this." Like, you 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 get humbled. You get humbled mm-hmm. by that shit. Yeah. yeah. And I also say we have internal tournaments where mm-hmm. a lot of those club kids come to we play, and I'll tell them, "Hey, like you know, this is going to be tough, but it's going to prepare you for the tournaments you play outside." Because I feel like right now we're the best team in the Bronx. Chess-wise, there's no other elementary school that that's better than us. Period. <laughs> Punto, so, end of story. <laughs> so when I have kids that's um, playing from the club, playing in these internal tournaments, like, they know, they feel the level of competition. Like, I have a kid named Bryant. Um, he's good. Like, for a third grade, he's actually good. Mm-hmm. But he only got one point at the internal tournament because that's how tough, you know, it the is. competition is, yeah. And that's going to help him to go to, like, outside tournaments and be able to perform much better because of how, like, how strong the yeah. kids are. Intramural yeah. tournaments are really important for that, like within do, the same school or organization, to build that camaraderie yeah. and that sense of like, oh, this is the level of the people that I'm that I'm with. Yeah. You know, but this is all things that I've um I've done like that's I've done like, yeah um growing up like in second grade I didn't realize like that internal tournament or that tournament I went to my coach was seeing like oh how can he handle like playing against you know the chess team. I didn't yeah. I didn't look at it. I'm like, oh, we just, it's a competition. You know, we're just playing. And then I realized a while, like, in second grade, I didn't make the team, like, mm-hmm. because of that, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm just trying to give them that same experience to, like, you know, just to build and grow um, the same way I did. Mm-hmm. Do you, as far as teaching it, uh, the game, do you see yourself um, sticking with this age group for, you know, years to come? Or would you ever move up to middle school, high school, or having myself worked as a sub, you know, in general education, I, I spent a lot of time predominantly with fourth and fifth graders. It's an age where a lot of things crystallize for us as human beings, nine, 10, 11. Um, yeah, we, yeah. we, we tend to, at that point, think that like, we know how life works. You know, that's what makes yeah. them a little hard to work with. Your personality is kind of what it's going to be for most of your life, barring, you know, I'm a, a puberty comes along, changes some things, whatever. Uh, life Traumatic experiences. experiences. Yes, 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 of course, that can happen. But you're kind of the person you're going to be I, for for a long time. You even look the way that you're going to look for the rest of your life with maybe a bit more baby fat, right? Um, but they're very opinionated. They they have Their personalities are big. They're, it can be an exhausting but also rewarding age group to work with um, because of how you're able to make an impression. So I can imagine, especially for something like this, teaching chess, which is a skill that could potentially become lifelong, even if they don't go on to compete, it could at least be a hobby. Yeah. Um, right. Do you, would, is that, something that you think would keep you teaching younger kids or do you ever see yourself going uh, up beyond the elementary range? I mean, I actually wanted to go like to teach um, kids in college. I think that's mm. like a long-term goal, but just more so I have to build, you know. Of course, your own resume. My, my, yeah, my yeah. own skills and my um, my resume. But I wouldn't mind teaching like middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the beauty about my school is that we're like getting a, um, we're moving up every year. So every year we're having a, a different grade. So right now I have fifth graders. They're gonna go to sixth grade, and then it's just gonna keep building mm-hmm. up until. Um, Did you start teaching with these kids? Like, how long have you been teaching? Um, with them, I started teaching them like it was two years ago. Two years. All right, so you've like gradually like seen them grow up. Yeah. Into like fifth and sixth graders. Yeah. Okay, smooth. That's so cool. I think. With them, it'll be like much easier with a lot of the kids there because they've seen me since like um, my fifth grade, seen me since third grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they kind of, you know, um, we built that relationship, right? And understanding. So even kids that like are not a part of the, the team, or um, that's just in the school, they still may reach out like, "Hey, Mr. Jarvis, I want to join like you know the chess club, the chess team." Yeah. So, and and it's also great because the longer you teach, the more you build a culture. And those upperclassmen, those fifth graders can help instruct the newcomers about yeah, this yeah. is how we do things here, which yeah. is always fun um, to have that effect. Yeah. I uh, um, See if did that with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, dang it. It was going to be good. Uh, Sorry. No, no, no. It wasn't. I had forgotten it before you spoke. <laughs> it's gone. It, yes, go ahead. Okay, so... My fault. As you're, I'm, it's, it's, this mic is always like away from me, and I'm just like <laughs> listening. Um, as as you are teaching these kids, and they have, um, and 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 you've created a connection with them in, in this school at at Bold Charter School. Um, we don't really know uh, how long you're thinking of staying at Bold Charter School. It probably would be like the next three years, next five years, um, and. You know, you told you told me yourself you want to make your your mark in the school, but you want to make your mark in the Bronx, mm-hmm. um, and you're already doing it. And so, um, if if and when um, your time at Bold Charter School uh, was to come to a, a a nice closing, do you see yourself going back to one of the places that has made that 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 is like? You know, you gotten some history with. Would you ever go back to FDA to teach chess? Um, I would love to. Uh, I would love to um, to teach at FDA, um, especially because you know I've, we've got a national championship there. Um, mm-hmm. I've been with around FDA even when I wasn't attending the school, like fourth mm-hmm. or fifth grade. Um, so I would love to teach there. I, like I, I ponder about like you know teaching it, but it, it hasn't been a, a full like you know plan or you know sign up to to um to do this mm-hmm. is more so like i've been focusing on like you know the kids at hand right now um being with the, i haven't even thought about like what i would do after like if um i wasn't at bold it was just mm-hmm. more so like just focusing on what um you know with the kids now focusing yep. on you know um just making them stronger and you know is getting my name out there in the chess world more to have to build those connections. So mm-hmm. already you've gotten some good recognition from mm-hmm. from from the school itself, and yeah. and you know you were uh, nominated for, well nominated for an an award. Did you receive that? Award? Oh no, I didn't receive it. Ryan received it, um, the award yet. Um, okay. Still, still one of the the runners up. So, so we'll find out like up? in um in the spring. So the thing that I imagine is particularly effective about teaching chess. At the age range you're doing, but also even in in older uh, kids, like in middle school, is the emotional control that it requires, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, very obviously no one really likes to lose, but especially when you um, are dealing with a game that in some ways feels like it's, it is challenging your mental capacity. It's easy for the emotions to flare up and feel like you're being personally kind of like offended or attacked when something doesn't go your way. And so right. what I like about about chess is that it um uh it forces you to focus it forces you to 
to use your reasoning, to use your logic, your logos rather than your pathos, so to speak. I think my la- my last question um, is, it's kind of a two-parter. It may wind up being the same answer. Um, what is, what would you say has been to this point in your life the biggest lesson that you've taken away from chess? And, you know, if someone's listening to this to this show. if anyone's listening out there to this and uh <laughs> and 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 you could only give them one uh you could only give them one piece of advice or one uh um uh morsel about chess if you could only tell them one thing about it what would you want them to understand about chess um i would say patience is what you've taken away um yeah patience even when i like, teach him with like with chess because it is tough. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's tough. Like, I remember I was at nationals and this, like, playing those games on a national level. Um, like you're giving so much of your energy for that round. So for you to, like, you know, sit there for, like, almost four hours and then lose, it's like, it does feel like, you know, the world is against you. You're, mm-hmm. you're being attacked. Wait, a game is four hours? Yeah, each person get two hours each, so it could be it could be as long as four hours. And nationals though, mm. can you eat? Do you eat? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, you have like a little snack. Like so, no, no, there's no, a right. drone with five guys coming in. <laughs> yeah, like you know, some blueberries or something. <laughs> so that's the thing too. Like you could eat in between, but imagine you have a round that's like you know that lasted almost four hours. You may get like a thirty minute break before you had to play like the next round. So. You eat really fast, and they gotta. Dang. It, it, it get tough, so I, that's why I say like patience. That's a grind. Yeah, like you gotta really be um, patient with just the process. Patience with like just yourself, like, um, and just don't get too down, don't get too low. Just stay like you know in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, it just taught me like a lot of patience, like um, to don't expect things fast because you've been been putting the work. Um, mm-hmm. But don't expect, like, you know, because you put in the work and now you're getting a reward, it is always going to stay there. Like, yeah. you still constantly have to, you know, be poised and, um, you know, still do what you do. Mm. Yeah, well said. Just for the uh, just for the uh, the fans, but also shits and gigs, Kiran, what, what, is, what is your rating? <laughs> um, my rating now, I mean, it dropped, but it's like 1692. 1692. But... but I will say that, like, I play on an expert level. Like, so mm. it's higher than mine. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> My shit is one. <laughs> this, this, this nigga can play three games with us at the same time and smoke us. So, like, yeah. <laughs> people at the chess boys, he's gonna be like, really? <laughs> he's gonna say, I already know what the fuck all y'all gonna do with, catch the, same us time. with the Catch us with the same checkmate setup. You feel me? How you all fall for the same trap. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what they call. Call him T'Challa. Okay. <laughs> but um, listen, y'all, if y'all want the smoke, um, keep on to give it to you. Okay. Of course. You can find him in Bryant Park. You can find him in Bryant Park. <laughs> you can find him in Harlem. You can find him in the Bronx. Just don't follow him in Staten Island because fuck Staten Island. But anyway, just, you, just, um, you just throw up, you know, the Wakanda Forever sign and he'll come to you. Exactly. <laughs> with with the chessboard, okay? With the chessboard in It's bag. like the bat signal, but it has like a bishop on it or something. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> What's your favorite chess piece? Um, The Knight. I knew he was gonna say Why? that. Why? I knew he was gonna That's say that. That's interesting. Um, the knight is the only piece I could jump over other pieces. Yeah. Um, if it's in the middle of the board, it gets, it's it's just so powerful. It has a lot know, of control. Like, it has a lot of control. Like when it's in the center, it's just Easy it, to it varies. I, honestly, I feel like it varies. Like as you play chess, you say like, oh, maybe it's the bishop, maybe it's the queen. 
But as of late, I like the night. Like it's easy night. to forget it's there too. I've been yeah. playing games with people and I and they put their knights somewhere and and I forget that the knight's there and I move my piece and then I get like, taken because <laughs> yep. it can move in so many different directions. Yeah. Now, do you feel like there's a certain strategic um, move that you like to do when it comes to certain when it, when it comes to like certain games that you play? Like, is there a certain move that you? Yeah. What's your special? Always. You always know that. Don't make this man give up his secret. We will cut it out. I'm gonna tell people my secret and I'm still gonna execute it. Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm so, with that. I'm with that. I'm a, Gangster. I'm an aggressive chess player. Like I like to attack. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna take the risk. I'm gonna like find, um, like you know, find the tactic, find the dare. Um, I just like to, yeah, I just like to be aggressive. I like to um, have the game to be open. If it's a closed position, then I know exactly what to what to do. I, I'm able to change up my game based off the position. I don't want to. There's certain people that like, like you know. They're like this stubborn to like change. Who insist on? Yeah, they, they're like, no, I'm I'm an aggressive player. I'm gonna stay aggressive, but I like to change over time based off what they show me. So even mm-hmm. though I'm aggressive, it's like, oh, like he's being defensive. You're right. adaptable. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I I won't be too aggressive in this position. I'll just wait for my opening, and then boom, I'll just you know break through the position. Niggas like Goku. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever listen to music while you play chess? Is there like certain artists that like? Bro, this will play a song and it would just be beating motherfuckers. He did it right in front of me. He was playing somebody else. I was like, nigga, you oh, playing shit. Thames and you were just yeah, <laughs> you whooping ass, bro. Yo, that's the one thing I I don't like about like tournaments now. Like growing up, used to have like like music you could have headphones in playing, but you know people nowadays they love to cheat. And like go to the bathroom oh, yeah. and, and like look at the computer. So you can't have devices. Oh, that's the only thing that I hate about chess now because I don't like to. I don't like quiet when I play chess. I don't mm-hmm. like like it's sometimes when it's too silent. It's just it's loud when it's too silent. Yeah, and like I, just having that music there, like it is, it just pumps you up, especially when like you're in a good position. When was the last time you ever felt to yourself like during a match everything was going good, but then what was the time that you felt like you were just stuck? Mm. And what do you do when you feel stuck? Um. I'll probably say that was like in 10th grade where I felt like damn okay. I swear to God <laughs> I said, and none of okay. you niggas <laughs> ain't none one of you like, no, don't get me wrong like, I feel like in certain positions I do feel like dang like um, if I have more time I can figure it out I don't really feel like stuck with like dang I don't know what the like what yeah, the fuck yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. the only time I felt like that was probably like in 10th grade I was playing against like a master and the position was just like alright nah like what do I do here like I don't like what do I do like I don't have yeah. no no clue, but now I have like a sense of like you know what to do in every type of position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you should. It's like you should never at a certain level you should never be clueless. Yeah, and it's even, just a matter of whether or not you can pull off. You know, uh, there, there's a uh, uh, again to, <laughs> related back to jujitsu. There's a uh, a practitioner called John Danaher who's very famous in in the art, and he talks about this concept of creating dilemmas or trilemmas. A problem has a solution, but a dilemma is you have to choose between two. Evil solutions, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so in jujitsu, you know, you want to set up as many of those kinds of paradigms as you can, where you're not giving your opponent an easy way out. You're saying, in, to use a chess, you know, analogy, either you're going to lose your rook or you're going to lose your queen. Yeah, you know, I, either way, way, I'm, I'm taking take something. <laughs> I'm yes. taking something, um, and that happens a lot in chess because yeah. of, you know uh, all the different uh, setups and whatnot. My nephew beat me, little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Caden. Hey, he's learning from Kiran, okay? <laughs> Yo, You're lucky he, he ain't doing Yo, Zoom lessons in New right, Jersey with right. Yo, he, he, I'll, I'll talk to my brother-in-law. I'll be like, Yo, you want you want a, a tutor for the kids, man? <laughs> like, yeah, do you, are, are you allowed to like 
allowed are you unquote, available to teach people outside yeah, of I, yeah. I teach kids in Hawaii as well like on, um, oh, on Zoom yeah oh gangsta you gonna fly your ass I, over there? I got one more Go Maui. I got one more question <laughs> Are you challenging anybody? Is there any name out there in the chess world? Like to it, we don't we know none of them, but like <laughs> right. But I, I'm just thinking about Magnus off top. But anybody you want to challenge out there? Yeah, they're the gone. It's your time to call them out right oh, now. Drop uh, the ether beat. Right, 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 right. So this is actually he's actually been a rival of mine since like elementary school. Um, he definitely got the like the better of me, so I definitely got to call out Matthew Jefferson. Like. Mm. He's, Matthew Jefferson. He's from the Bronx. Um, definitely a strong player. Like the first time I played him, I beat him. He cried. Um, <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> I did tell the students. He, I've told this story to him before, but after that, I've never beat him. So mm. that's the Ooh. that was his that was his villain origin yeah, exactly, story. Exactly. Exactly. That never, was his Jordan moment. Never <laughs> beat him. Like wow. never, even to this day, like I think I played him like before the New Year, and then he still came over to like a Chauncey's house and this. He was beating everybody. He beat a Chauncey too. Like he. Oh, so he's 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 bad about it. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Like, like okay, so like, he's shout good. out to Ashanti. Ashanti is is a really good player too. He should be a grandmaster already, but Ashanti's this. He's, he's, he's not. Yeah. He's yeah. He, wait. When when the both of them be facing each other, it's it's a match. Is Ashanti the talent who doesn't work hard? Yes. Uh, but when he but works he, hard, he's but he <laughs> will, he will whoop that ass. Yeah, like, <laughs> but it's just like. When you told me this guy Matthew Jefferson has beat, has beat the both of them, I'm like, ah, mm, okay, I don't want no, mm. I don't want no smoke. He's, 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 now, he's nice. It, does he is he teach at, at a school or he's um, he teaches at like so I went to FDA and then I transferred to um, Bronx Center for Science and Math. He went there. Okay. Matthew, listen, give him one more match. It's <laughs> all, maybe ten more. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big score to settle. Big score to settle. Like. Okay. <laughs> I think after that, y'all, y'all, y'all need to face somebody no more until you turn 60, okay? Right. That's <laughs> why uh, spans two decades, bro. Exactly. Serious stuff. Exactly. Uh, Kiron, as far as keeping up with you after we uh, after we end this recording, um, are your, and I'm, I'm actually just curious for myself, are the competitions that you all go to, are they public, open to the public for viewing? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so maybe, you know, maybe the HVO boys will... I told them one of these days I would go to the tournament. We yeah, should all start playing chess more often. Swing through, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not against him, not yet. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I feel like I feel like no, if, no, if no, no. It's, like, it's, like, it's like Hey Hachi talking. About <laughs> right. Speaking of Tekken, I can get beaten any day. One more thing. Yeah, Kiran, is there a certain song that you are banging to right now? Like anytime oh, yeah. that shit goes onto your phone, you're like, okay, this, haven't done this, this, this in a while. Shit. Yeah, what, oh, what, what are you listening to recently? Bent, uh, yeah. Kyle Rich. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What again? I didn't hear that. Bent by Kyle Rich. Oh, Bent by okay, Kyle yeah. Rich. Heard you. It, it does go hard. I've been, I've been I play it in secret because I'm like, I'm too old to be listening to Drill. <laughs> I'm sorry, it, it, it gets me every time. I'm yeah. not like, I'm not really a drill person, but Bent like that's they got it. kids they are, are really good at because because they don't got you know 20 year old knees. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know they got those youthful knees, <laughs> gumby limbs. You know. Yeah. You know, they can limbs. do a split yeah. yep. in the cold. Like. Speaking <laughs> of random talents that, that uh, niggas be having, just dropping into splits. Just doing, that was like, drop splits, yeah. That was literally oh, you was, oh, you was Black I was, Van Damme? I, I was one of those motherfuckers. It's Ahmad Van Damme in this uh, movie? If you, listen, if niggas, if you know me, if you, you know me, you know me. In high school and in college, I was a nigga that was doing a split. Were you doing splits in the floor. church? Um, in the church? No, church, nigga. It, uh, <laughs> Not the church. Church is crazy. Yes. In the church? I don't know about this. Hey, hey, enough. 
We want his students to be able to hear some of this. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> We will cut up some clips for them to hear. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please follow Mr. Jarvis. Sorry, bro. Do you have like a you have like a chess account? Nah. No, nah, you just have to They can just follow account. me on Babyface Key. Okay, follow him at Babyface Key. Keep Keeps up what? with him. Uh, and if you want chess lessons, you know where to go. Thank That's you right. again so much, bro. We enjoyed talking with you. If y'all want more Uptown Love, you can find us. Uh, well, you know where to find us. I'm proud of you, man. Leave us a rating. I'm proud of you, Key. I'm I'm so fucking proud of you, Sorry, dude. Man, this, it, you, 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 you always amaze me every single time we talk. And I swear to God, you're going to be... I mean, you're already on, on the track to be someone fucking monumental, okay? Yeah. Always, always remember that shit. Don't mess with him or he'll throw a chessboard at you. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, that night will go night. to your eyes. <laughs> Wes going to do a, a Hulu series about this nigga. <laughs> Probably. Yes. Yes. Do I look enough like Kieran to play him? Not all black people look like Justin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs>